I confess. I forgot to hide my clit stimulator from the cleaners. When I got home, it was neatly placed on top of the clean sheets. Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bedpost Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation. Maybe even both. Hexwork. The story of how Owen got his curse the curse that he carried inside himself for 13 years that forced him to stop speaking and abandon all hope of ever having a normal sex life is not nearly as interesting a story as how he got rid of it. You see, he was at a bar about five minutes from where he worked when the curer found him, and her name was Daphne. I've been watching you, she said over the mumbling din of the restaurant bar. You haven't spoken to anyone all night. Owen smiled a thick, dull, moronic smile, hoping that that might scare her off. It didn't. She was leering at him like a unchewed stick of gum. I'm alone, she sang, just in case you were wondering or might wonder if I were here alone, because I am here at this bar alone and dressed as such. <laughs> Daphne stepped away from the bar, willfully ignoring the bathroom traffic, and began presenting herself like a QVC dress model flashing Owen with her sequins, and then finally with her smile. And before Owen's face had a chance to register his befuddlement, Daphne's face disappeared into a giant cocktail glass and the purple booze syrup it contained. He took, she took a long, brave glug, finished the glass, and winced in slow motion for what seemed a very, very inelegant length of time. Then she hissed out the fumes of her cheap vodka drink and resumed her interrogation of Owen. Are you deaf or something? Daphne poked him on the shoulder. Because that'd be a shame. I've been told I make some pretty wild noises. <laughs> Owen smiled again and shook his head calmly. But on the inside, he was, as they say in the Old Testament, shitting the bed. He had no idea how to handle this one. Usually his curse repelled people, you know, repulsed them on an intellectual animal level. What was wrong with this girl? Owen raised his glass, but the, dark, the bartender ignored him. Fucking fuck face, Owen thought. <laughs> Daphne was poking at him again. Hey, did you lose your voice or are you just some kind of jerk? She said cruelly but then she leaned into his coat like she was a cat. Owen's spine went straight, and he almost laughed out loud. Oh, dear God, he thought, trying to estimate the number of people that were sitting in the bar. Don't laugh. They will kill you. 
Owen realized he hadn't answered her question yet, so he just nodded his head stupidly. Yes, you're a jerk, she asked, or yes, you've lost your voice. He nodded once again to both. Fuck it, she said. I'm Daphne. And then she she tucked her chin ever so slightly. She popped an eyebrow for good measure, and she made kissy lips, just in case. Owen, having no idea what to do with Daphne's advances, suddenly decided he was wearing an invisible hat. And then he tipped his brim to her. (laughs) Daphne scowled at him and uh, <laughs> scowled at him and uh, threw her empty glass. Whatever, she said. I don't even care. Are you contagious? Owen remained silent. Silent as sunbeams, even as Daphne was blowing him in the employees-only bathroom. <laughs> silent, even as he finished in her mouth. Not even one little involuntary bleat. The good news, he wasn't freaking out as much now. But he still felt a little awful. I mean, he wanted to say, thanks, or great job, or you totally should have stuck a finger up my ass because that would have cut your work in half. But instead of sharing any of that love, Owen accidentally patted her on the head. He was mortified, but Daphne seemed professionally unfazed. And while Owen zipped himself up, Daphne took the opportunity to spit his wad into the toilet. She watched on her hands and knees as five, no, six tadpoles darted around in the blue-tinted toilet water. The blue-green color of their skin, she could taste it in her mouth. She made sure to flush the toilet before Owen could see them. Is your place nearby? Daphne kept her hand on Owen's lap as he drove, petting his bulge methodically like it was her favorite pet toad, like it was helping her think. But it wasn't helping Owen think. Let's mango, she said repeating the slogan of the Mango Mart convenience store billboard as they drove past. Owen began steering the car over and took the exit. He did have an idea after all. Sweet tea, she sang. Let's fucking mango. Daphne mangoed through the automatic doors of the convenience store, dragging Owen Owen by the sleeve and singing the praises of Mango Mart's sweet iced tea. They secured a styrofoam barrel. They filled it with ice, very loud ice. And then suddenly, while Daphne was waiting for her tea barrel to fill up, she asked Owen to take over. I pee pee, she sang, U-T-T. And then she disappeared into the beef jerky in search for a bathroom. Without hesitation, Owen turned and walked out of the mango mart, intentionally leaving the tea faucet running just in case she was listening out for it. He drove home in silence, the usual silence, where he could still actually think. This was really fucking crappy, he thought. But he didn't know what else to do. I mean, Daphne was incredible, literally, but he couldn't hang around with someone like that and just not say anything. 
He'd end up being her mute sex hostage slash driver, hurtling across Texas to murder some ex-lover. But what if he did just say something to her? No. It was a turd move, but there wasn't another way. He, was all, he had already done the deed and ditched her. Besides, the Mango Mart was probably flooded with iced tea by now. After Owen had stripped down to his socks and dunked his clothes into the hamper, he pissed for a really long time, long enough to get hungry and wonder whether or not there was still cheese in the refrigerator. And he was on his way to the refrigerator to find out about the cheese situation when something caught his eye. Through the sliding glass door, a spark of a lighter and then the cherry glow of a cigarette hovering in the darkness of the back patio. Daphne sat, waiting, in the one fold-out chair on Owen's back patio, smoking impatiently. Owen dove into the kitchen. (laughs) Had she seen him? And if so, had she seen that he had seen her? Fuck! Owen creeped his head around the kitchen's threshold and looked into the black glass of the patio door. He didn't see the cigarette. He checked the microwave clock in the patio again. Fifteen minutes passed, and there was no more sign of Daphne. In the dark, Owen's stomach grumbled, and he checked the patio one last time, clear, and then he crawled to the refrigerator on his hands and knees. You always seem so fucking nervous, Daphne said, with a kind of confidence that comes from long and patient observation. (laughs) Owen gasped, petrified as a statue, a statue that urinates when frightened. (laughs) She was peering over the refrigerator door at him. I know about your curse, she said with the same confidence as before. Also, you eat a lot of dairy. (laughs) She paused and looked at her phone. It's your voice, right? Don't know why I didn't put that together before you ditched me. It must have been the booze. Plus, I was like super horned up. Curses are kind of my thing. And I have a feeling you've got a really, really bad one. So... Don't hold out on me, Owen. I can handle it, she said. I'm a hex worker. The hairs on Owen's arms and legs stood up, but Owen remained silent and unconvinced. I can get rid of it, Daphne said, surveying him. Her styrofoam tea barrel appeared out of nowhere, and she sucked (laughs) pensively on the straw. (laughs) Or at least most of it, she said. Fucking, though. That's the easiest way to get rid of it, she said, burping out almost the entire sentence. Well, it's easiest for you. She licked her lips and smiled at Owen. I don't want to have sex with you, Owen suddenly blurted out. It was a terrifically terrible first sentence to say to someone. But standing there in the bleak little lamp of the open refrigerator, wearing only his socks, the sad depiction of his penis made the situation all the more terrible and unflatteringly veiny. I thought that was the best line. 
Oh, Daphne said. That is so fucking hot. She reached over the refrigerator door and plucked a mustard bottle from the rack. I mean, I hear what you say. I'm not into that, but just your voice. You could read my mother's obituary and I'd cream the chair. Is it an issue with your wang? Because if it's a performance thing, I usually tell guys I never orgasm during sex, but truth time, I come super easy. She banged the mustard bottle on the edge of the door and then squeezed a wet queefsworth on her finger. And then she rubbed it on her gums like it was cocaine. Gross, Owen said, agape. And Daphne simultaneously gasped with pleasure. Work with me, she said. Is it your body? Do you hate your body? Because I can see your body and I don't. It's okay. I'm okay with your body, she said. <laughs> Thank you, but no, he said. Oh, she said, going for a second helping of mustard. Gay then? Owen turned and stalked into the living room. He grabbed a blanket from the couch and flung it haughtily over his shoulders, then proclaimed that the last time he had checked, he was bisexual. Daphne looked him over, squinting. When was the last time you checked? It's been a while, he said, fussing with his cape blanket. Since you've been with a woman? With anyone, he said. Oh, I mean, I can be a man if you want. Shit, I can be an ostrich if that's your pickle juice. But, you know... I can only do that during the fucking. This is what you got to work with until we get pounding. She said that and then need the refrigerator door closed with such force that the, dars, the jars inside audibly shattered. Look, I've never met anyone like you, but I just don't want to hurt anyone. You said sex was the easiest way. Are there any other ways? Several slices of cheese later... Owen was naked, lying face up on his bed, staring at the, go at the goose, fesh, goose flesh ceiling. And Daphne was naked too, sitting on top of him. Try to relax, she said. She sniffed at his hairline and then uh, into each of his ears. She liked his smell. It was like coffee and soy sauce. So she opened his mouth, and she stuck her nose inside, and she sniffed a little bit more. Mmm, she moaned. Close your eyes. Daphne shifted her position and began sniffing Owen's crotch now. Her heart-shaped ass and her smaller, fur-trimmed, heart-shaped pussy bobbed in front of him like a funky owl. It looked mesmerizingly soft. And its scent drifted down to him, warm musk and dryer sheets. Keep your eyes closed and don't talk, Daphne said. I'm going to try something and I, I need to concentrate. Owen felt Daphne change positions again. And for a moment, he couldn't tell where she was or what she was doing. But then he felt her hand curl around the shaft of his dick. Relax, okay? Holding his dick in one hand, Daphne rolled back his foreskin and planted the tip of her index finger right on Owen's urethra. Soak that in. Come on. 
Now you can say something, Daphne said. uh, Owen's hands found Daphne's hips. He squeezed them, pressing his thumbs along her side butt. I think your ass is magic, he huffed. And then Daphne felt the dissonant vibration of Owen's voice, and she flinched orgasmically. Then, like remote control silly putty, Daphne's fingertip began to lengthen and stretch, finding its way down into Owen's urethra. And when it was deep inside him, past his bladder, her plastic finger spread out like tiny branches, searching his pelvis and stomach until they reached his heart. But where his heart should have been, there was a sack filled with darkness. Is something wrong? Owen panicked. I feel weird. (laughs) Shut up, she moaned, leaving her finger, uh, removing her finger from Owen's dick. I really have to focus for this pot. Daphne took a deep breath, waited for her strange little digit to return to normal, and then she sat up and spit into her palm. And then she spread Owen's legs open and cupped her hand over his asshole. He could feel her body shivering. On three, she said, with no further instructions. One. Two. Owen felt Daphne's thighs tighten around his waist. And on three... Daphne removed her hand, and Owen's asshole was gone. (laughs) Vanished. She swung her body around like Owen's pelvis was an office chair, and she smacked her hand down on Owen's chest real hard. Do not open your eyes right now, Owen. (laughs) When Owen lifted... Her hand, excuse me, when Daphne lifted her hand, there it was, just over his heart, Owen's fuzzy little asshole, looking like the world's most disgusting inverted nipple. In the darkness, Owen felt a hard tug within his chest, and despite all Daphne's warnings, his eyes snapped open, and then he began to scream. There was an asshole in the middle of his chest, farting black creek sludge all over the bedroom. The more he screamed and cussed, the bigger the geyser got. But he couldn't help himself. He screamed as long as he could up until the very moment that he passed out. The next morning, after a very long shower... Owen found himself standing in front of his bedroom door, holding a bucket and a mop. He didn't want to go in there. He felt too empty and too sore to face it. In an odd, self-soothing ritual, he stuck his hand up his shirt and ran it over his naked chest again. He got a, a little solace each time from the fact that his asshole was no longer in the center of his chest and back where it belonged. Then he sniffed his hand. 
finally, when his knees were weak from procrastination, he opened the door to his bedroom. It made a track in the black silt that carpeted the bedroom floor. Green goop hung from the sides of the bed, and dank water pooled in the pockets where the sheets had been kicked into hills and valleys. Dying salamanders and crayfish meekly wrestled in the mud. There was a buckshot splattering of what looked like exploded tadpoles sprayed against the wall and the ceiling, and there was black moss growing on the windowsill. Evidence of Owen's old, disgusting curse covered every inch of the room. But Daphne was nowhere to be found. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. You don't have to attend a show to confess. With our confession scroller, you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com. Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bedpost Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bedpost Confessions, the anthology found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bedpost Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. Uh, I confess, I saw my mom riding dad like the Kentucky Derby. When I was nine years old, and it was Thanksgiving. (laughs) Awkward, question mark? Yes. It was probably awkward for them as well. (laughs) Mom and dad have sex, y'all. They do. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's not that bad. Um, I confess, my wife thinks I'm at church. Now, I don't condone lying, but here's the thing. You kind of are at a church. <laughs> <laughs>